This is a previously recorded episode. You're listening to the Innovates podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert Michael Mode. We bring you innovation on the 8s with new episodes posted every day that ends in 8, the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit innovates.com. That's I N N O V E I G H T S.com or biglightbulb.com. And now, get ready for another creative conversation with your host, Michael Mode. Welcome to another episode of Innovates. I'm your host, Michael Mode, and uh, I've got a, uh, a really fun and funny and interesting guest today for you. Uh, he's an entertainer, performer, who has entertained millions of people at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Rose Bowl, Radio City Music Hall. He's played the White House seven times, uh, featured performer at the Magic Castle in Hollywood, California. In addition to all that, he's an author. He's written a a book called The Golden Rule of Schmoozing, which is the authentic practice of treating others well. And he's got some some new uh, publications coming out, including a a book called Carney Trash, which we're going to talk about today as well, Uh, and and so many other stories. I can't wait for this interview here. I'd like to welcome a a good friend of mine, AJ. How you doing, AJ? You're the top. You're the Tower of Pisa. You're the top. You're the Mona Lisa. You're an old Van Gogh. You're a so-and-so. You're a mop. But coming from the bottom, you're the top. You'll forgive me. You'll forgive me. That's Tourette's singing syndrome. I don't mean <laughs> for that to happen. Quite accidental. That's one of the things I love about you, AJ. Whenever I call you or whenever we talk, I never know what you're going to say, but it's always entertaining. <laughs> Plus, I'm a guy that wakes up singing every morning. Ready for this? I'm married to a woman that does not want to hear birds until after 10. <laughs> what a joy I am to her. That's great. And, and you just had a birthday yesterday, right? Happy birthday. Yesterday, I turned the big eight zero. I can't believe that. I thought you were 20 years younger than that, honestly. Uh, well, How do you I stay think- so young? Younger than that, actually. Yeah. Uh, again, like I was telling you earlier, I know men by their 80s or in their 70s, and they're like old men. Now, I'm wondering is that because you and I, or the people that are my age uh, that are in the business, we stay young, we stay hip to the music and to theater and what's happening and the new trends other than the people that are not in this business, and they somehow die on the couch. Right. And when you say uh, business, we're, we're both magicians, just to let the listeners know. Uh, yeah. AJ's a magician. Uh, I think we, you know, we have that childlike sense of wonder that we keep. You know, it's that Peter Pan syndrome. We never want to grow up, but, right? Well, that's true. But my whole thing, like even the book, uh, The Golden Rule of Schmoozing, nothing more. And everything that I did for my father on my, on my dad's carnival as a patch, a patch paid off the cops, the fire department, uh, rebooked the show, stock fights on the midway. Uh, just, uh, and it was, uh, uh, and I'll tell you how good I was. And I had the best patch maker in the world, a guy by the name of Honest John. Shut up. Honest John? <laughs> really? 
he ran. And he was the best top. what? The best patch maker? No, yeah. A patch yeah. is a guy that stops, uh, that pays the cops and re-books the site, you know, and he's the, he works for the old man. He makes sure that the place runs uh, very nicely. Now, Honest John was the patch, and he taught me everything I knew. Now, by the way, Honest John had those three bottles you tipped over at the baseball. Mm-hmm. And in 1963, in Bermidji, Minnesota, we got hit by a tornado, tipped over the Ferris wheel, and moved the Tilt-A-World uh, a quarter of a block. And the only thing left standing on the whole midway were those three bottles. Now, that'll <laughs> tell you everything you need to know about John. Okay? Yeah, and parts of the uh, carnival. Yeah. And I was a talker. At a very young age, maybe 13 or 14, on the sideshow. And the talker is the and person who does the ballyhoo and, uh, you know. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. A talker. That was my job. Sir, about your wife. What about my wife? I got a free ticket for her. Oh, okay. I mean, it was that kind of shtick that you used to do uh, to keep the play running uh, very smoothly. And everything I know, and I'm totally uneducated. Yeah, you spent, uh, what was it, like, uh, most of your life you spent as a functional illiterate, didn't you? I still am. Yeah. Uh, right now, on my book, that uh, my I put it on a tape, and my wife had a foot control, and she put it on a hard copy. But now, though I still love her terribly, I have a new girl, and her name is Dragon Speaks. <laughs> okay, it's I know about a, that app, a, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. 98 bucks. It's forever. And I turn on the computer and say, okay, dummy, let's go to work and across the screen. That'll come. Plus, it reads to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I would say that I'm better read than most people. Well, I think so because I never, yeah. far, I never knew that. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I, never, uh, I never knew that you were literate until I read your book. And, and that's ironic to say. But... Uh, yeah. When I read your book, and now I, I, I got that. I got seventeen graphic novels coming out. I'll be at Comic Con. Wow! Uh, but enough about me. You say something about me. <laughs> well, well, I want to talk a little bit more about. I, I think it was your first book, Golden Rule of Schmoozing, and uh, schmoozing. When a lot of people hear that, they might think, "Ah, oh, well, you know, schmoozer." And explain what schmoozing is, because you call it the authentic you know, practice of treating I'll, it as well. It's authentic. Yeah, a lot of people think that that's a con. It it isn't. It's you would never go uh, to an Indian village without bringing something, whatever it was, because that was just the way things were. And it's the same thing on the carnival. Uh, I remember when Honest John came to my father uh, to join us from his Southern show to be on our show, and he brought with him a box of something very hard to get. They were rolls of music for the calliope inside the Mm merry-go-round. And John had that kind of reputation that he was a little crooked, but at the end of the day, that ended. It was a wonderful gift. Now, this morning, I went to uh, a tire store, and what I opened with, and I'm sure you know it, is I said, excuse me, uh, I was in here last week and you gave me this dollar for change, and if you fold it and fold it and unfold it, it turns into 100 any chance I can get my dollar back? 
<laughs> and the guy says, Darnell, come here. you got to see this. And the <laughs> other guy came over. I said, what? <laughs> You're messing no, he's around. Explain that. I got yeah. news for you. Yeah, exactly. And I've always felt this. When you go in anywhere, especially a fast food joint, they didn't have to see you. You represent work. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if you come and you start with a joke or a trick or something, all of a sudden they like you better and yep. your service is coming better. I, you know, I will never sit down at a table without asking the server their name mm-hmm. and remembering it. Now, call that a shtick if you want, but I sincerely believe in that. Yeah, and you're not you, an object, that's a person. Yeah. And you do something with waitresses that I've seen you do with the dollar bill and the ring that you know yeah, you, you give it I, before. I do that all the time. When we go to a thing, I'll take a dollar bill, and uh, when she comes up, I just look at her hand, and I've got the size, and I can uh, do a fold. And uh, what book is that in, by the way? It's in one of our books. Yeah, it's uh, a, I think it's yeah. a folding book. Yeah. But anyway, it's the best thing in the world. I look at her hand, and I can fold it into a size. That'll fit her, and the top will have the one mm-hmm. on top. And I say, "This is yours." Uh, all I want to know is that you're serving me, and you're number one. There hey, guess what? I'm not waiting for nothing. Yeah, you get the best service. And I'm and I'm going to tip, of course. Mm-hmm. But isn't that a nice? She knows I'm not a stiff sitting down. Yeah. Well, the origin of the word tip is uh, to ensure promptness. You know, that's what tip stands for. And it was, yeah, used, it was given at the beginning of the meal, traditionally, yeah. Yeah, and they do it after. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, and your book talks about how schmoozers aren't takers, they're givers. You give to people. That's you, mostly you, it. Yeah, yeah, you try uh, to you make know, people's... I'm, I, I have a, a terrible addiction to rummage sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My car stops automatic. And I'm just <laughs> looking for something... And I know a lot of my friends and what they collected. If I see whatever they have, I'll pick it up. And uh, the other day I saw a guy had a coffee can filled with uh, Allen wrenches. And I always go to the same place to get my cars fixed. And I dropped them off on them. I mean, and, and I'll stop in there, by the way, on days that don't mean anything. Yeah. It's bullshit. And uh, <laughs> it's 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 a great thing. It's it's the I in the first chapter is come bearing chach. Yeah. I don't care if it's a joke or it's a greeting or a little chachki or whatever and I have I have a whole thing in my trunk of different things that are chachki that I can give away, including a little joke book I wrote. I've got that book, it's great. And and you've <laughs> you've this has taken you around the world several times. You've met uh, eight presidents, Queen England, Prince Charles, Prince Andrew. I know a lot of different people uh, that you've met, a lot of celebrities, all because you're just a nice person and you're complimentary. And no, you make people hell laugh, no, you have fun. hell no. Most <laughs> of the time it's because I was, I was a board member of Variety Club, yeah. which was a good thing to do back then. And, uh, of course, I worked for McDonald's for 35 yeah, let, years. Let's talk that's about what, that. That's what took me because that's well, the, one of the most interesting things about you. You were one of the very first Ronald McDonald clowns. Weren't you the first one that uh, that did live appearances? No, 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 I wasn't. Willard Scott was. Okay. The weatherman from TV. Yeah, but he didn't He and didn't he, perform in the uh No, he stores, didn't. Right? He didn't. Yeah. I did an audition in Chicago. 
with 17 other guys. This was in February. And all those 17 other guys had jobs already come May. First of May is what they call clowns or uh, on, on circuses. They had jobs. But uh, a midget uh, on Wisconsin Avenue told me, and I just got out of the early, he said, hey, babe, you've got a gig. I said, no. He said, somebody's offering $30 for an audition. And I said, you're kidding. Where? And he told me, and I showed up with the 17 guys. And we did balloon shtick, magic, uh, the whole thing, and they fed us a nice lunch. And when it was, it was at the Sherman House in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when it was all done, they said, okay, step up to the microphone. We want you all to sing down by the riverside. And 16 guys walked up and said, uh, give me 30. They weren't going to sing. They were, <laughs> and first off, I was the youngest guy in there. These were all old times back in the day. Average age in Manali was. God, it had to be at least 50s and 60s. Anyway, I stepped to that mic and went, I've met my little brother down, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. Now listen to that. Yeah. They said, stay overnight. You know what that riverside was? Now, anybody listening to this that's uh, probably a little over 40 mm-hmm. will know that. I met my little bright-eyed doll turned into McDonald's is your kind of place because it's Ronald's place. It's a hap-hap-happy place. What's a smile on your face? McDonald's is your kind of place because it's Ronald's place. McDonald's is your kind of place. Your kind of place. Wow. And that got me the job. Wow. You, you want the best part of it? Yeah, what is it? I married the hamburger. <laughs> I did. You really did, yeah. Probably yeah, better than Grimace, baby, right? Two baby girls. That's great. I didn't. I didn't know your wife was the Hamburglar. Well, you know what's funny about that? I met her in 1984 at the Olympics, and uh, it was me, uh, Buster Crab, the Olympic swimmer, mm-hmm. uh, some execs from the Olympics, uh, Paul Stragi from McDonald's, and Sam. The Olympic Eagle. Now, there's not a lot of people listening that's going to know who that is, but if you Google it, you'll see it was a, a big eagle wearing a red, white, and blue hat with the Olympic uh, circles yeah, around Yeah, I remember the that character, yeah. yeah. Where she looked through, and it started to rain, and we went inside of one of those uh, band shells, and she took off her head, and I took off my wig so that we could cool off. And we talked for an hour, and at the very end of the conversation, we found out that the only thing we had in common is she lived five miles from my house in Okachi Lake, Wisconsin. True story. Okay. So, listen, here's the end of the story, real quick. Uh, we, four years later, the Olympics is all done. We're in Jane Burns' office. Daly just died. She's the first woman uh, to be mayor of Chicago. And uh, we were waiting for her to come in, and just me and Sam were in the room. And Sam walked up to me and said, Are you AJ? And I said, Oh, yeah. Uh, you're the lady from the end. Boom. And she said, Listen, no, no, stop. She said, They're cutting you out of the picture. I said, Thank you very much. So in came Jane. 
And uh, then they let in the press, and they all knelt down, and I immediately said, stop, stop, everybody stop. I, these are the two famous people I've ever met. My, this is Jane Burnford, and this is Sandy. Let, let me in the middle of you two guys. I want to tell people I know you. <laughs> well, you see funges, faces dropping. They could do nothing about it, and they shot those pictures, and I got on it. But I was good at that. I did that all <laughs> through my career. You, you really did. And then you developed programs for McDonald's. This was earlier on. And uh, yeah, you were, you and were instrumental trained, in getting them into Macy's. I hired and trained worldwide. Yeah, and you were you were the one who helped uh, get them into the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? No, I think that was done by a guy by the name of Stan Nickpond, and uh, I we got in the first year, and uh, we were in Central Park at a rehearsal, and. Uh, they wanted to put me on a float. I said, you know, let me direct one of the, the McDonald's All-American Band. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then that funded me for the next uh, seven years. Wow. And that was a lot. I love the Macy Parade. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you talk about rain on your parade. That's the only thing you can't have. <laughs> well, you, you uh, let's go back to how you met, you know, all these different people. And, uh, you know, it's all through schmoozing and through your background in the carnival, as you mentioned. You're a people person. And uh, uh, you provided me with one of my favorite articles that I have, which is a picture of Muhammad Ali. And it's you right next to him performing a magic, one of the magic tricks that I came up with. Air tricks! Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you, were, you were teaching Muhammad, because he's a magician as well, how to do it. You also... Uh, did this trick for Steve Martin and gave him one, and uh, I think Nicholas Cage as well. Talk about that. How do you meet these people? Well, Nick, well, Nick, yeah, like I know him. <laughs> uh, Nicholas was at the bar at the castle, and I just showed your trick to some people, and all of a sudden somebody tapped me on the back and said, Excuse me, but would you be so kind to share that trick with us? And it was him. <laughs> Wow. And he was with uh, his new, soon-to-be Asian wife. Uh, now, Ali was a different thing. <coughs> Please excuse me. Uh, but uh, it was that uh, the Glendora the uh, Square uh, in... Uh, it was like a park, was wasn't it? Glendale, yeah. Glendale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went to... And I saw a whole crowd blocking, uh, and there was Ali signing autographs. He used to like to do that, but he blocked off that whole galleria. And I saw two of these Boy Scout hat-wearing cops saying, Mr. Ali, uh, let us take you someplace and put you in a better place. And I knew where they were taking him, up on the hill on the park. And I circled around that I was there when he finally came up. And I know I I'd met Ali three times, and he always would have a thumb, a brown thumb tip with a yellow <laughs> Which is a magic prop, yeah, he yeah. Was. Okay, yeah. Right. And uh, I said, uh, I said, Mohammed, I want to show you something. I want you to know that I, I booked you in the Army, and uh, I made so much money because everybody was betting against you. And I saw you, and I knew you were the champ. 
and I made so much money, I almost couldn't get out of the army. And he put his <laughs> hand out. Like, <laughs> like he I wanted payment. Hand, That's right? funny. So I said, no, I have something for you. And I did your nun trick, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm all, almost all, all the way through the nun trick, and he's enthralled. He <laughs> loves it. And all of a sudden, when the Boy Scout cop says, excuse me, sir, there are other people here that want to meet uh, Mr. Ollie. And he shot them a look like, get away. <laughs> I ain't being paid for this. I want. So then he, I showed him the trick, and I said, and when it's done, this is yours. And did you ever see the picture where he took his fist, my fist, and put it up to his face? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we posed that way. Like you were punching him. Um, yeah, that's great. What a, what a, what a great guy. Every, I met him three times. What a great the memory. The other two times I was robbing him. Well, they say, you know, you know, my favorite saying is you never know when you're making a memory. And uh, you, That's right. You made one that's for right. him, and he made uh, a, a big one for you. Well, he was such a gent. Yeah. That was the best thing about him. Now, an- another, uh, we talked about your, uh, your book, The Golden Rule of Schmoozing. The, uh, the foreword of the book is written by Penn and & Teller, and uh, the audio version of the book is read by Penn Gillette from Penn & Teller, who are good friends of yours. Talk a little bit about your relationship with them, how you met them. And, uh... Uh, that's a great story. I hope you got a lot of magicians listening to this, because Jay Marshall was my best friend. Yeah, what a great guy he was, yeah. For years and years and years. Matter of fact, I got a tattoo of Lefty on my left hand. And for the listeners out there, Jay Marshall was a, uh, a magician and a ventriloquist and had appeared on Ed Sullivan. Uh, 14, it, 14 times. And he would add to that, that money has been spent. <laughs> he opened up for Frank Sinatra. Uh, brilliant. Everybody. Brilliant, funny man uh, from from days gone by. And uh, yeah, we lost so him. So I go to Chicago one day mm-hmm. and he said, let's go to lunch. And this is my friend Teller. I have no idea who Teller is. And he says, start telling us, caught me into telling stories about the, the carnival, which is addictive to me, okay? I mean, I started driving the little train at seven years old uh, and then running the duck pound by the time I was eight and knew how to make money. Anyway, the next thing you know, it's five o'clock. And we spent the entire afternoon. and. Teller was just, a, well, he's till today the sweetest guy in the world. He just bought me a CPAP because my insurance wouldn't cover it. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, he's just, he's, he, uh, Teller he's is a the brilliant best human being in the world. He's, he's, he's a genius. Uh, one of the best yeah, magicians he, he I've ever lived. And uh, when we were at really a show is. last time, you know, they invited us back into the green room and, uh, he was eating dinner, and there were a bunch of people there, and uh, there weren't there weren't any chairs. So I was standing there, and and he said, "Michael, please have a seat." And he got out of his chair and sat on the floor. And I said, "No, no, no, tell her, please sit down." And he said, "No, no, no, you're you're my guest." That is that is that is perfect, teller. That was, it. and then when we left, he got up and walked out and talked to us for another twenty minutes in the hallway before we left. What a nice guy. What a guy. Just a great guy. So anyway, at the end of the day, I had no idea who he was. And I was uh, about two months later. I'm in my bed with my cat eating a frozen scallop dinner. I'm watching Johnny Carson. And here's Penn and Teller. I went, holy shit. That's the guy. (laughs) And I never let him get a word in. 
Yeah. Uh, but ever since that time, and he was my he was my my first friend before Penn. And what was funny is while I was at McDonald's, a wonderful lady by the name of Susan Light came to me and said, uh, "You know Penn and Teller. You don't think you can get them for a convention?" And uh, I said, "Yeah, let me give him a call." So I called Teller, and uh, I said, "How much would that cost?" And he gave me a price. I won't tell you what it was. And I said, uh, "That's the price." He said, "Yeah." I said, "Quadruple that." He said, "You're kidding." <laughs> <laughs> and I booked him into it, and guess what? Ted became my new. <laughs> that's great and it's so, been a and friendship that's, that's lasted 40 years, for years now 40 years and I, wow. take a, I take a beating for each one of them and of course you know they're pens of staunch atheists you know what's mm-hmm. funny about that i don't know two better righteous human beings that don't smoke coke drink cuss uh well pen cusses a little bit but at the end of the day they're really, really yeah. great human beings. Yeah, they're good guys. Yeah, good guys, and and great entertainers, great magicians. It's uh, yeah, wait, and wait, that's cool. You've been friends with them so long. I'm sorry. What's that by my feet? Oh my God! It just dropped some names. All right, go ahead. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, we're almost out of time here, but let's talk about. Uh, your new book let's project. Let's talk about the new book. Yeah, let's talk about the new book because your your background is in it was in the carnival. You're you're a carny, and uh, born and raised and proud of it. Uh, yeah, went to school uh, one time when we got uh, twice actually when we got nailed by a truant officer who was wearing cement shoes and a morganite hat, and uh, they my parents knew to put us in a private Lutheran or or Catholic school was a Catholic school. Where did you grow up, AJ? Well, around, um, well, actually, Winter Quarters was in Red Granite, Wisconsin. Okay. uh, At an old uh, quarry that filled up with water. And my old man bought that. And uh, we worked Minnesota, North Dakota, up the peninsula of your place. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, Where you eat pasties. Yeah, (laughs) you know Uh, about pasties, yeah. Delicious. They're good. So anyway, at the end of the day, uh, she kept me in for recess, had me read to her. The kids came in, and uh, she said, Lexi, that's my real name, come up here and, and read to us uh, again. And I thought, boy, I did pretty good. So I went up and started to read. By the way, I'm a kid that goes in the merry-go-round at night after the show's closed, and all the people come in the merry-go-round. And I do imitations of everybody on the lot. I'm funny. I'm a funny kid. And I'm a, this would have been a sixth grade level. Everybody loves me. I work at it. And all of a sudden, I'm introduced to the cruelest laughter I have ever heard in my life. Uh, and all of a sudden, I got a flop sweat. And I tried to stop. And the nun said, continue! <laughs> And she was trying to prove the loss of one for the good of many was worth it. And then I projectiled uh, vomiting. I think I was aiming. But a big phenomenon happened to me, and you can Google this if you want. I contacted at that moment a thing called post-reading shock syndrome. 
which put the print off on the side until today. I can't look at a book or something where there's a bunch of words that will not cause nausea. Wow. Okay. It's real. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, again, I'm, I, all my life, I've been listening to cassettes or anything I could get my hand on that read me books. I'm very well read. Yeah, I did you're very knowledgeable story. about a lot of I different things. I did 12 Angry Men in the Army. Uh, so everything that I've ever done was to propel me into making money. That's a big carny thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robin Marks, I have enough right? money for the rest of my life, yeah. as long as I never spend another dime. <laughs> and you and you're good friends with Robin Marks, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love Robin Marks. Can we talk about that? Yeah, well, it wasn't my era. Because <laughs> the Mark in the Carnival was the, uh, you know, a lot of people know that. Oh, you're the Mark. But but talk about the origin of of a Mark, you know, how they got that nickname. Well, we just had a zap in this. Being Zach in the D, I'm sorry, I snapped in the Carnival. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Um, what happened is back in the day, the ticket boxes were all bigger than the customers. And, uh, when they opened their wallet, this is 30s and 40s, they could see down in it. If a guy had a lot of money, they'd bait him to the left part of the stage and take their hand and pat him on the back and say, enjoy the show, and draw a mark on his back so that when the marks were sitting in the bleacher watching the geek uh, bite the chicken's head off, the pickpockets were under the bleachers uh, looking for marks mm-hmm. come the term, the easy mark. The easy mark. So my book... Carney Trash, I would say is about 80% true, so that when this, I was working at Brookledge, which is the people that own the Magic Castle. Yeah, I've been there. Me and my me and my daughter I closed the show with the Blade Box. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a man and a woman standing there while we were striking, and they said, can we talk to you? I said, sure. He's, and my whole act is about the carnival. And he said, do you really know that much about the carnival? I said, do I? I got a 500-page book about it. And he said, can I meet with you for lunch? Uh, bring an attorney. So I bought Maurice, who is a member and a magician. Of the Magic And uh, he yeah. signed my book up and he said, by the way, can you write graphic novels? I said, oh, but I can. What are they? And he said, they're comic books. I said, you know, that's very funny. That's right up your alley. I've had a comic book in my brain for years. Do you want a quick Reader's Digest? Please. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's a story about a kid that on his father's carnival, just like me, in upstate New York, and he goes up to his dad. He's his father's patch, and he says, Dad, I want to go down the road because we go to the convention every year, and I know the ferals in Nevada, and I want to go see them. And the old man said, son, if I were you, I would have asked for that two years ago. There's 500. Go ahead. And the kid takes the sleeping bag. He hitchhikes. He gets as far as Nevada. And the truck driver says, son, I've got to turn here. Uh, but lots of luck to you. The kid unrolls his sleeping bag, and I'll tell you what the genre is. The kid says, uh, is listening to his transistor radio. Now you know when this is. And the guy on the radio says, what a night you picked to look at the stars. Take a look, because this has not been a meteor shower like this 
exactly 100 years ago tonight. And it's like fireworks up there. And all of a sudden, he hears like a truck coming down that dry riverbed. But it's a meteor. And it crashes and knocks him out. And the kid shakes it off, gets up, rolls the sleeping bag. It's about 2 in the morning. Hitchhikes comes to a 24-7 Whistle 99 station. And they got 50-cent showers. And he slides in a booth and he orders grits and uh, a truck pulls in right by his window and he looks at the truck driver looks at his, and looks back and the guy's face is like an x-ray. Now, he doesn't know what that is, but he knows that's not good. And a lot lizard. You know what that is? Uh, lot lizards are hookers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and it walks I've read about window. that. Yeah. She's a full package. She's tits, teeth, and hair. And she walks past the window and the truck driver spots her opens the door, ducks under the rig, and he knows he's going to kill her or rape her. Kid runs out of the restaurant, runs around the rig, and the girl looks at him and says, nice gestures, Ash, but go eat your grits. I got this one handled. <laughs> and he figures, well, he must. So he goes back, and three minutes later, she slides in his booth. And he said, okay, where's the truck driver? She says, look, he's in his truck. And there's a truck driver slumped over the wheel. He says, what happened to him? She says, a heart attack or a stroke. It's always one or the other. He said, wait a minute. You knew my name. You knew I was eating grits. Were you hit by the meteor? Yes, I was. 100 years ago tonight, and I'm going with you. Wow. That's it. That's how we start. And I got 17 after that. And and what can you tell us the... uh... When it's going to be out or anything, or the where we can get it? No, but I'm at Comic Con. Yeah, I'm blown away, and I got a booth, and I got my my uh, my Force Four already uh, printed. They won't be out for a while, and they also are called Kearney Trash. But as for me, by the way, I want you to know it's my last hurrah. Okay, or hopefully, <laughs> I get another one. <laughs> no, you've got a lot more in you. That's for sure. From your lips. Well, you're 80 years young, definitely. Yeah, and from your lips to God's ears, and me saying that stuff because I'm an atheist, swear to God. (laughs) When is Carney Trash going to be out? Again, I'm thinking that's at least, yeah, that's at least, Nine months to a year away. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to reading that. I've got your book here, The Golden Rule of Schmoozing. People can get uh, that on Amazon, or uh, or they get the audio book read by Penn Jillette as well. And, AJ, you're just a great guy. You, uh, you are a genuine person. As you, as you say the, uh, in your book, uh, The Golden Rule of Schmoozing, you said as, uh, as you were making it, you were faking it. And uh, at the end of the day, you were sincere. That's, uh, that's yeah, yeah, that's true. The best way to to be sincere is to fake it. I agree. <laughs> that's true. Well, you're uh, you're faking it, but you're making it, and you're making a lot of people happy in the meantime. And uh, and you're uh, a pleasure, and you've made my day, which oh. is in my book. Anytime you can make somebody say you've made my day, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Well, you, you've made my day as well. So thanks, AJ. And we'll have you back on the show when the book comes out, and uh, we can talk more about that. And one thing I want to say about your listeners, very classy group. 
<laughs> and if they want to okay, find so, out about you, so, AJ.com. It's A-Y-E-J-A-Y-E.com. Uh, and uh, you can check him out there. Thanks a lot for stopping by, AJ. I do love you. Have a good day. Love you. Bye. I <laughs> love you, too. And that was the uh, the one and only AJ, uh, author, entertainer, carny, one of the most interesting people I know. Uh, check him out at AJ.com. We'll have some more information about him in the show notes. And uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of Innovates. Until next time, stay curious. Thanks for listening to the Innovates podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert Michael Mode. Make sure to check back on the 8th. We will post new episodes of Innovates on the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit Innovates.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-E-I-G-H-T-S.com or BigLightBulb.com. This is a previously recorded episode.